Hello and welcome to Media Mouthwash. I'm Daniel Bentley. I'm Guardian Reader Joseph Stashko. And this week we are talking Tumblr, Curation and False Death Reports. It's a cheerful show. There's a bit more death as well in uh, our regular item, Gaff of the Week. Yeah. Is there any well, death involved in your app of the week, Joe? Unless you record um, someone's dying phone call, no. Well, um, News International might do that. We cannot possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Okay, so to start us off this week is the news that Tumblr has finally gone past 15 billion page views per month, um, which is quite an insane statistic. That's 100 plus million uniques per month. Some more interesting stats about that have come out about Tumblr are that the average post is reblogged nine times, and that 90% of the posts on Tumblr are reblogs. So that's not at all surprising. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, there is a cliche about like reblogging stuff on Tumblr that looks meaningful, but there really is only 10% of people on Tumblr are actually creating original content, mm. which kind of begs the question as to whether people really care anymore about stuff like that, and particularly it's not something they expect from a blog platform. As long as there's someone to start something off, everyone else is happy to reblog or pass it on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the retweet coming to, like, short-form yeah. blogging, isn't it? So yeah. it's, it's a real, like, grey area where people get used to just, you know, retweeting 140 characters. Or yeah, now they'll, definitely. You know. I mean, I, thought, I always thought Tumblr was really interesting because I think it would work quite well if you... It was flexible enough design-wise to start a magazine on it, like a local magazine, because you could create all your stuff and put it on there and write articles and film original content. But you could also follow like everyone who's in your community or area or area of interest and reblog their stuff. So you're acting as an aggregator as well. And it's you know you don't have to subscribe to an official feed. You don't have to you know pay Reuters for the syndication or anything like that. You can just hit reblog. Well, funnily enough, it's things. Reuters who actually do really good stuff on Tumblr. Yeah. Have you seen their... Um, yeah, I saw it, them. Is it up. their soup? Is it soup? soup? com? I think it's called. Yeah. Reuters, like, social media guy, uh, Anthony DeRosa, does, a, like, a really good job of, of doing that. It's like, it doesn't look like it's really in a, an official... Reuters account from like just the looks of it but like they're really active with it you know we don't have to see it on the original site anymore for it to be meaningful or important or you know it doesn't put us off basically if it's distributed in lots of different places but the best the nice thing about the uh, tumblr reblogs is that they it sort of they're like it's like nested content yeah, so you still see yeah. the source of where it's come from yeah. it's very easy to click back yeah and you can see the kind of path of it as well yeah you can see um, who else has reblogged it or commented, commented on it and yeah. i like i do like that um and it's just really interesting because you know obviously um going back to the stats there's some really really insanely huge traffic numbers there um, and it would just be interesting to see if various bigger media outlets start to kind of at least take on board the idea of how Tumblr works. You know, if not reblog function, some kind of repost that their users do or a bigger sort of contribution system for their own users that isn't just commenting. It's actually reposting and creating their own spaces on the site, maybe.
So moving on from reblogging and actually going on to retweeting, an interesting thing has popped up on Pointer, which is a case study of how false reports of Joe Paterno's death were spread and eventually debunked via social media. Um, now, obviously, the background to this story now is that Joe Paterno has actually died, but at the time, the news was solely reported by Onward State, who are a student publication, um, and basically that stuff was picked out by a lot of big news outlets without attribution and just kind of run with, basically, purely based on that. Obituaries were published, uh, Breaking News, who have 3.5 million followers, tweeted it. There's a whole kind of post of how the whole process goes through, and it kind of makes you wonder those really big accounts have a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, if I retweet something that's wrong, there's maybe 2,000 people don't know something. Yeah. And I can kind of shut it down fairly quickly. But 3.5 million, there's all those people could potentially be watching the feed at that time. Um, and the kind of spread of information, either you know, both geographically and also you know, on the web, is, is quite huge. So, I mean, the, the, these come up all the time on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it might be like uh, false election results or, you, you know, or any kind of stuff. What was the... What was the big one that um, everyone did wrong? It was the... Um, that was Piers Morgan. Um, no, it was the uh, Michael Jackson doctor. Yeah. Uh, guilty, not guilty. No, yeah. it wasn't. It was Amanda Knox. <laughs> there yeah. we go. And there was suddenly a lot of tweets that obviously sat there ready to go. Yeah. And um, so there's like a false death rumors come up all the time on, on Twitter. I'd be really interested to know, like, is it one a month? Is it one every two months that we get like a, a monumental one, like yeah. where where it really gains traction from like mainstream media? And that, I mean that's really interesting, just because the original source is just that student publication. There's no other yeah. original source. No one they've reported. Does it say how like where they got the story from? Um, well, there's a whole load of kind of blog posts and. Um uh, sort of information relating to that was when they when it got debunked and they they were hoaxed basically, right? Um, and the editor or person in charge of it resigned. Um, but I think actually an interesting side point of this, and we'll put some links up on the blog about this, was a lot of media writers coming down really hard on the student publication afterwards and saying that they were you know really shoddy and terrible and it was really interesting because. On one hand, you had all these so-called proper journalists writing stories off the back of this story. But then as soon as they realised it was wrong, it was, oh, you're terrible. Like, you're awful, you're amateurs. And you've got to remember, these, these people are also students. I, I wasn't mistaken, it was like a really, you know, big error to make. But they're also still learning. And for, for I, d I don't think that journalists could have their cake and eat it in this sense, in that they wanted to be able to run with the story but also when they realised it was wrong, they then castigated yeah, them. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's more shame on the people re-reporting yeah. it than yeah. the original source getting it wrong because you might see an article appear on NewYorkTimes.com or, or the BBC site yeah. and you might re-report that in like complete good faith that, that yeah. they've done it. But if your original story is coming from a student news yeah. publication... And especially around a figure like Joe Paterno, who this year has been involved in like the covering up for sex abuse yeah. stuff going on at, at uh, Penn State. Yeah, yeah, Penn State. So you've got you've got to really want to like 
check your facts before yeah. like reporting a student publication. Yeah. Okay, so this week's gaff of the week is from Mail Online. It's a brilliant subbing area, error, subbing error, um, to do with the death of blues singer Etta James, who died last Thursday, and she died at the age of seventy-three, battling with leukemia, and she's famous for you know, for a handful of massive songs, but. Probably most famous for the song At Last, which was sung by Beyonce at Obama's inauguration, not by Etta James when she was still alive, and she was furious about it, which is a pretty good story in itself. But they've gone with, and this is a you know this is a common turn of phrase to say you know you you describe Robbie Williams as angel singer Robbie Williams. They've gone with. At last singer Etta James. <laughs> but they've gone with At last singer Etta James dies at 73 after battle with leukemia. Which is totally unfortunate. And I just can't believe that. There weren't any inver- inverted commas either, were No. No. I mean, that would, have ma- that would have rescued it. Yeah. You know, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it. St- and it is capitalised. So the At last is capitalised as a song title. Singer in lowercase, yeah. Etta James. And so it is, it does stand out, but it does just read as at last singer <laughs> Etta James dies at 73. And they've changed it now to Etta James dies at 73. <laughs> After realizing that people know who Etta James is and we don't need the the, the qualifier before it. Um, Mail Online makes its first and probably not last appearance on in, the show. In Gaff of the Week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, very worthy of Gaff of the Week. And um, screenshotted, we'll put something up on uh, on the site. Yeah. Okay, so the final item of the show is App of the Week. Now, this is the section of the show where I take a mobile journalism app and see how it can uh, fit into what you're doing, kind of review it and give some tips and recommendations. The app of the week this week is V Recorder. It's available on the Android market. It's quite old school, kind of a clunky layout and doesn't look that nice when you boot it up. But like most Android apps. Yeah, so so in keeping with the Android market. But um basically it's a little app that allows you to record what's on your phone and obviously uh the sort of journalistic use of this is for recording uh phone interviews on your mobile. Legitimate um, phone yes, interviews. Always ask the person you're interviewing before you record. Um, I can't be held responsible for anything like that. So, you know, instead of, which is what I normally do, which is get some Skype credit, call someone on that if they don't have Skype on their landline, um, and then record off my computer. But if you've got three minutes on your phone, you might as well do it like this. So you boot up the app, um, and handily it recognises when you call someone. So as soon as the the call connects, um, it begins recording. It's worth, in advance, turning up your call volume all the way before you do it, because sometimes the incoming call can be quite quiet. Right. Um, Does it pick up your voice as well? Yeah, yeah, both both voices. So you come in really clear all the time. Other person can sometimes be a bit quiet. I wouldn't recommend this app for broadcast. So 
this isn't something you want to do if you're doing a phone interview that you want to go out on somewhere. But if it's just for transcribing, then it's absolutely fine and it's really handy. Um, it's like clear and legible. It just might not cut it. Would it do for broadcasting a pinch? Or is uh, it really not good enough? Yeah, I think you probably could. I think you maybe have to sort of edit it a bit, you know, maybe boost some levels right. um, when you do it because you will always sound louder than them. Okay. Um, but I think, yeah, for transcribing, like it's a dead cert. It's always easy to use. Um, and I think that would be really handy, you know, especially on your mobile. Not a lot of student journalists have a landline, so be really handy. Um, and obviously, if you've got three minutes on your phone, you may as well use them instead of uh, buying Skype credit or anything like that. So, And have um, you tested it? Does it work reliably? Yes. Yes, I gave you a call right? about ten minutes ago. <laughs> Did it work? Um, Was it clear? Yeah, yeah, it worked. It's fine. Yeah, it worked pretty well. So that's V Recorder. It's on the Android market. Um, How much does it cost? Go and check it out. It's free. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so brilliant for all. But yeah, that's my app of the week. That was Media Mouthwash. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another guest interview and all the bits of media news nuggets that you need to get you through the week. You can check us out on Twitter at Media Mouthwash. Uh, check out our Tumblr, mediamouthwash.tumblr.com. And also subscribe to our RSS um, on iTunes. So that's all from me, Daniel Bentley. And me, Joseph Stashko. Guardian reader, Joseph Stashko. Guardian reader, Joseph Stashko. We'll see you next week.